Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm your host, Simone de Rochefort from Pixelkin.org, and I am here with Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. Hello, Brianna. I need to know something today before we start this podcast. I need to know if Christina is going to continue her ceaseless harassment of Britney Spears on this show. (laughs) Are you going to keep that up? I need to know this right now. Yes. Probably. Probably. Probably? I I, I don't know if I can ever stop harassing Britney Spears. But why would I be, what would be the specific point of harassment this time? I I don't know. It's like, I was. What has Britney ever done to you? I don't know. You were talking, you were saying like all this crazy stuff, like how, you know, Christina was better than Britney. She is. (laughs) And then I was like, I am going to GDC. I'm on the plane. And I said to myself, Screw Christina Warren, and I <laughs> and I played my Britney Spears dance mix. Look, on beats you're right. And it was great. She remixes. Look, she remixes right. better because look, I'm I'm saying in terms of pure talent, um, you know, Christina is is the total package. Britney better dancer before the craziness happened. Yes, granted, <laughs> pre crazy Britney, a much better dancer. I'm not gonna lie. She also had the better um, writers. You know, Max Martin wrote her big hits. She had better people doing her remixes. But I'm going to be honest. A, I was pissed during the VMA Awards when Britney and Christina and Madonna all performed together. And they mm-hmm. cut away from the the Extina Madonna kiss to show Justin's reaction to Britney That's true. and That's Madonna true. kissing. Because you know that Christina and Madonna totally exchanged tongue. And that would have been oh, yeah. way hotter than the chast kiss that Britney and Madonna did. But everybody was just about like, oh, she's passing the crown. But really what happened is that like two years later, Britney was doing the reality show with K-Fed. And a year after that, she was shaving her head and bashing an umbrella into somebody's car in front of the paparazzi. So I'm just saying. Okay. Christina, okay. I want to know why you have an encyclopedic knowledge of every <laughs> single Subject pop culture, ever, political, technological, ever, ever. mathematical event that has happened since you were born. Simone, I, do you I think know. she's human? Do you think she's human? <laughs> so. Christina I Warren think... is a Terminator that's been driven back in time to, to star in this podcast. <laughs> we are going happened. to Las Vegas. We are going to watch Britney Spears perform. <laughs> yes. And you will say this all to her face. I Actually, I would stop you. Uh, I, no, I, I would I, not. I would not. But you know what? who I do want to see in Vegas? And actually, I, I don't like to patron. Yes, you. I don't Thanks. like to patronize. Um, I will be in Vegas for a CinemaCon, actually. I'll be uh, giving a presentation there in April. I just found out. But Sweet. that aside, um, I would love to see Shania Twain. Oh, I didn't expect that. Um. So cool. I saw during The Bachelor, as it, it, the <laughs> they were running tons and tons of promos for Shania's uh, uh, Vegas live DVD and CD combo exclusive at Walmart, which kills me, so I'm going to have to pirate it. But apparently she's also now going to be touring in like Jersey or New York or something, so oh. I think I'm going to have to see Shania Twain oh, in concert. But no, I, I would totally see that. Shania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Oh, she's the proto Taylor okay. Swift, you guys. You guys, Taylor Swift is like a country musician because she was such a big Shania Twain fan. That's true. Aww. That's true. Okay. So, we have to pay so homage. Simone, not to yes. just give Christina a hard time, I have to give you a hard time today. So I yes. got a note today from uh, you know Relay FM that was going, "Can you get Simone to dial down the cursing on the show?" Because it was so... <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, oh my like, god! Look, I mean, I can't wait a minute, you guys. I... Someone as wild as Simone. I mean, she's. <laughs> it's like the honey badger is on our podcast. I'm like, it don't. I care. can't. She's gonna hurt me if I say that to her. So yeah, that that's true. I, I, you know, it takes a lot of effort to restrain the rage demon inside me. It does. That is just waiting to let off the f bombs 
and all the cusses that I know in my repertoire, my, my vast cuss repertoire, my cuspertoire, if you will. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised they don't want me to restrain my laugh. Cause it's no, but horrible. you guys, you guys, this is the first time in the history of the world that I haven't been the one told not to curse as much. Right. Simone, right. you really are my sister. Oh my God. I love you so much. This is amazing. Can I, I'll, I'll just exchange all my Fs for poop jokes and I think we'll be good. And that'll, that, that'll be in keeping with my brand, I think. Listen, I will come to Seattle and you and I will go to church until like, you, learn, <laughs> you learn to like, because it's a skill. Like I grew up in Mississippi and, you know, like three times a week, I'm like, oh, I can't swear for this next hour. So, you know, like I really credit that to my skill to not be able to curse on podcasts. So. Yeah. You know what though? Yeah. I grew up in Atlanta and I still say like, mother bleeper all the freaking time oh i do in real life like it's filthy i mean it's uh, well even if for my yeah. parents my parents have right. come to the, to the conclusion that like if i'm not saying like a number of swear words they're like it's something wrong with our child <laughs> um but but no i i i i uh i i respect people who have better control over that i've just gotten you know? used to it from going on tv so much where i can't yeah. curse right right so, well that was like the weirdest the lamest humble brag ever apologies but the exception i think to my my generally being good about swearing rule is that for some reason when i'm around children in public i will forget everything i've ever learned about restraint <laughs> and it's it i've been called on this by my friends so many times like simone just look around you there are kids here and i'm like oh no i've done it again <laughs> um but don't tell anyone. <laughs> you can keep this in. It's fine. Yeah, no, that's happened to me, too. In fact, we had um, some Girl Scout was in last year, was in the old Nashville offices before we moved offices. And she, like, has sold, like, more Girl, Girl Scout cookies than anyone. Yeah, like a real Girl nice. Scout. And and she and her mom were there. <laughs> and and I Scout. sort of – yeah, exactly. Are they, it's like <laughs> Girl Scout cookies. Are they made of real Girl Scouts? Yeah, I love that joke <laughs> from the Adams family. Uh, no, but, but she and her mom were in. And they were kind of, I guess, within earshot. And I just – I was – I was cursing about something and then I turned over and I see the mother giving me like the evil eye and the daughter's oh eyes are like really wide. And I was like, yeah, you're in a linking, you know, media org, like whatever. <laughs> like I just kind of gave, I, I winked at the daughter and just kind of gave the mother you winked a, at the daughter. I did, I did. You winked I, at the Girl Scout? Like, I did. I How did. could I was, you do I that? Like, that is because I wanna, awesome. Because I, because I wanted her to feel oh like we're in God. a little secret. I was like, this is like, you're in New York. Like, you're in a media organization. You can hear <laughs> F words and, like, see people, like, talking about this sort of stuff. And it's completely fine. Christina, Your mom's you are that woman. Like, you are my hero. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God. That is. That is, like, something so... I would do, though. So you're you're 10 years ahead of me. Somebody <laughs> go edit Christina's Wikipedia and add that story right Somebody now. make me a Wikipedia. You don't have a Wikipedia? Do. I'll do it. That is tragedy. That is tragedy. Yeah. Someone go out there and make Christina a Wikipedia. And Simone, while you're at it. Just yeah. just Wikipedia everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christina Warren, senior tech editor at Mashable, is our third <laughs> host of this podcast. There she is. Christina, who knows everything. Everything. I don't know everything. everything. I don't know everything, but you're going um, to find that out. Well, no, I have a photographic memory. Is the only thing. Yeah, that's that's, that's my problem. Secret skill in life. No, I mean, and genuinely, like I, people say, there's no such thing as a didactic memory or whatever. But I've taken the test where if you can remember like a certain number of things in a certain period of time, like they have tests that show like people who have tendencies towards photographic memories, and and I I'm one of those people. So nice. um, it's just 
when I am interested in something um, and I commit it, you know, I commit to wanting to learn it. Like I just, mm-hmm. I have really good recall. It's not that I know everything. I just have really good recall and that I like to learn. That's really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, speaking of recall, let's uh, recall the Apple event this year. Guys, I've Ooh. never, ever, ever been on a tech podcast to like talk about an Apple event before. Yeah. Like I'm really excited. Christine, you've done this like 5,000 times. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to be like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want, do you guys just want to get into it? Like this is a really good Apple event this year. Did, yeah, it's uh, really good go, Apple like, topic by topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simone, the, do you want to lead it? Do you want to take care of it? Oh, yeah. Should we start with, I guess the Apple Watch is the big headlining thing that, um, well, uh, that's arguable. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess agree. it is. I agree. I, I would Ooh. actually say, because we already knew about the watch and there were like three things, right? There was HBO Now, yep. uh, the three month exclusive period for that. Uh, then there was the MacBook and then the Apple Watch. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. like, and, and so those were kind of the big three things. Sorry. Yeah. That's my only comment. So no, 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 take no. it away. No, I, I mean, let's I'm start all with up HBO. With, let's start yeah. with HBO. I want to talk about HBO. Like, are you going to spend $15 a month on HBO Go? I am not. Uh, or HBO Now, do. it is. HBO Go is the cable service subscription, and then HBO Now is the one that they're having for $15 a month with Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Well, it's really notable because forever it's been, you know, HBO has been trying to get a digital strategy going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's been this well, very convoluted one. thing. They had one, but you had to, like, give your cable <laughs> subscription <laughs> and verify it and all this Sure, nonsense. I guess. Uh, yeah. But they've been further ahead than a lot of other networks have. I mean, they, they launched HBO Go. Um, and this is where I should disclose that HBO once made a documentary about HBO Go that I think actually aired on HBO. And oh. I was one of their talking head experts in it. Collusion. So I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid for it or anything. This is just my way of saying I probably know more about their streaming strategy than the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, but they launched HBO Go in 2011, and that was the first time that you'd really had kind of this TV anywhere strategy where you were getting access to uh, past programs, not just uh, recently aired, but also their whole back catalog. And at that point, HBO basically said, you know what, we're willing to give up our home video sales because before they used to sell things like sex in the city and yeah. and 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 uh, mm-hmm. the sopranos and things like that on dvd and blu-ray and they still do that but they mm-hmm. were saying you know what we're willing to give that up and we're willing to give up even our digital one-off sales of stuff in exchange for people um staying subscribed to hbo throughout the year because what typically happens just to back up with with uh, people who subscribe to um cable services and even netflix is that it's cyclical so what you will see happen is that people Mm-hmm. will subscribe to HBO during, say, the, the spring for, for Game of Thrones. Right. Um, and then after Game of Thrones is over, they'll stop subscribing to HBO. And so HBO's big problem is is with churn and, and with keeping people subscribed. And so what they found, what they were basically betting on was if we give people access to not only our currently airing programs, but our past programs too, and we let them access it on digital devices, that will keep people subscribed year round. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it was a really good bet. And it was something that was hard for them to get the cable companies to agree to. Comcast, even now, last week, um, PlayStation finally announced HBO Go coming to the PlayStation for if you're a comcast subscriber you still can't access hbo go from your ps3 or your ps4 mm-hmm. and comcast mm-hmm. has actually had a lot of issues with hbo go like they they weren't on roku for the longest time they only came to xbox 
I think partially because people like me, and I'm going to take some credit, called them out. The fact that, <laughs> Way well, to go, no, the re- Christina. Well, yeah. the reason I say this is that they denounced this big Xfinity partnership with Xbox and HBO Go came there. And then I was like, oh, but I can't access HBO Go hmm. as a Comcast user on my Xbox. I have to use the weird Xfinity HBO On Demand thing, which is a hack. And mm-hmm. I, it was, I was told by people at HBO um, and people at Comcast that, that the media attention made them allow HBO Go available on Comcast. But anyway, you know, HBO Go has been sort of a hack, but it's been their first kind of treaty into the online streaming space. And right. What's... And, you know, that monetization mm-hmm. strategy, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're seeing over here on GameDev, a lot of services move over to it. Uh, you know, Autodesk yes. has famously moved over to a subscription model. Yes. Adobe has famously moved to a subscription model. And I mean, I have to say as someone that owns a business, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, even if that number sure. might be potentially mm-hmm. lower, like having... Definitely. More of a a ballpark idea of, well, I have this amount of money coming in per month. Um, You know, I I think that helps you like predict production costs. And, you know, it's just it seems more more stable. So I I think that's very good. But I think I, I do think it's fair to say that like before this the process of getting HBO Go has been somewhat convoluted if you're if you mm-hmm. if you don't have cable like I do, you know, right. Exactly. They haven't let you do it if you didn't have cable. I mean that's been the whole thing. And the yeah. reason they haven't let people do it and the reason this has been notable is because what most people don't understand about how subscription services work is two things. One, it's only been recently that Netflix actually surpassed HBO in terms of US subscribers. And yes, they do surpass them now. But Hmm. in fairness, HBO's margins are much, much higher. HBO actually makes up about 60% of all of Time Warner as a conglomerate's profits. Hmm. HBO alone. So we're talking about Warner Brothers, the studio, HBO, all the different networks, you know, Time Warner, the entire thing. HBO is responsible for the vast majority of their profits as a company. Well, it's a very I mean, profitable Netflix organization. Netflix being profitable at all. That's, I mean, if you look at um, uh, they barely are. Like Spotify, like they are hemorrhaging money yeah. like crazy because the, the cost of paying artists is so expensive. Exactly. And and, and HBO has yeah. has better deals with that and whatnot. But the thing is, is that, you know, HBO has, has really benefited from having a good relationship with cable companies because mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens is that they will get special deals from cable companies. So like when you sign up for cable, you'll get like three months of free HBO yeah, or they'll definitely give you a discount. <laughs> and when they do that, that's kind of a way where HBO can kind of guarantee a certain number of subscribers and they have this built-in sales channel. And so the big fear, a lot of people four years ago were asking, why won't you just sell me an HBO subscription? And I actually, for for Mashable event that we did at the time in, in um, uh, Orlando, I interviewed um, one of HBO's uh, digital VPs and I asked her that question and she said, you know, because it doesn't make financial sense for us. When it does make financial sense, we will do it. And finally, it's made sense for them to do it. And mm-hmm. so what they're doing is they're basically saying for $15 a month, you can access live content as well as you know the past on-demand content um, over the top, meaning through um, a, a, the internet, through a device. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a cable is, subscription. You don't need a cable subscription. It's just 15 bucks. What they have said that they will do is they will consider doing bundling deals with ISPs and that's actually interesting because Comcast might actually be selling like you could get your you know your internet through Comcast for forty dollars a month, but for fifty you could get it with HBO included, um, which is not that different if you think about it than you know paying you know your fifty dollars a month for your cable subscription and then paying another ten dollars mm-hmm. to get HBO. So they're 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 looking at still doing bundling opportunities. Um, 
but it's it's a big move. And what's what's significant, you know, HBO had announced this earlier this year that they're going to be doing this, and we all knew it was coming. We were not expecting Apple to be the exclusive provider. Now, what they did not make clear at the event is they are not the long-term exclusive. It is a three-month exclusive Mm -hmm. contract. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Right. Well, no. I didn't know that. It actually is notable, though, for one reason. That three months is going to cover Game of Thrones. (laughs) So this is – when you say three-month exclusive, do you mean – that this HBO now is exclusive for the next three months, or do you mean that yes. like upcoming shows? Okay, so no, I mean for the next three months, you will only be able to get HBO Go on the web, on iOS, or on your Apple TV, and that's All the right. only way you'll be able to get it. And after the three month period is over, which coincidentally is after Game of Thrones will have basically wrapped up its fifth season, mm-hmm. is when you will be able to. Then it will start to trickle out to other devices such as Roku, such as PlayStation, such as Fire right, TV, right. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And and they're so they didn't make that clear during the presentation but speaking with hbo afterwards that's what they said um but this is a humongous coup for apple because Mm -hmm. they have been able to get this the most wanted the most requested premium service like one of the biggest (laughs) content providers everybody's wanted they're getting exclusive access for their set-top box which they just lowered the price of um for game of thrones the biggest show on the planet they basically got the exclusive internet streaming rights on devices um while this show is going to be airing live mm-hmm. this is huge for this is huge and what i think it's really interesting about and i'd love to hear you guys' thoughts is that for a long time we've kind of assumed that the idea of the apple tv service and the apple tv kind of movie like they're they're pure over the top you know um a subscription player otherwise was kind of off the table and this shows to me that Apple has the muscle to be able to negotiate a three-month exclusive during what's going to be mm-hmm. HBO's biggest subscriber like kind of period, which is during Game of Thrones, says a couple things. One, it says that Apple has the power to do this, and they obviously gave HBO a ton of money to uh, you know make this exclusive happen. But number two, the only way in my mind that HBO would agree to do this is if their existing numbers are showing that more of their HBO Go subscribers are accessing HBO Go on an Apple TV than on other devices. Hmm. Which, Interesting. Which, I mean, to me, that's got to be part of it. And and I've mm-hmm. certainly heard well, from... Well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like, the kind of people that are going to pay for HBO exactly. are going to be the kind of p- premium people that are going right. to do that. Um, exactly. I can also say, you know, like, I... I by far prefer to watch TV on my Apple TV. Um, you know, I think it's just a mm-hmm. simpler interface than using on my, my PS3 or, you know, PS4 or whatever. But I, I guess, like, I have a couple of questions here. You know, one, one of the really cool things I really like about my PlayStation 4 is they give me access to, um, you know, my Amazon streaming video account that I have through Amazon yes. Prime. Mm-hmm. And there is a ton of of awesome HBO content on there for free. Yes, there like is. Like the, the comeback. I'd never seen that before. Yes. That is a really brilliant show that like forecasted everything that's going on right now in the YouTube <laughs> yes. age. And, and, yeah, and, oh, and, wow. and is that going to go actually. away? Is that going to go no. away? Okay. No, it's not. No, it's okay. not. So how that works is it's two things. Um, HBO Now is primarily about the the live stuff mm-hmm. and and it's a, things like Game of Thrones as they air and the immediate like plus the entire live back live catalog. HBO mm-hmm. signed a separate deal with Amazon and I think it was a three year deal and they signed it last year to bring a lot of their catalog content to Amazon Prime members. Hmm. It doesn't include Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones will be coming, I think, eventually, but it includes Sex and the City, The Wire, The Sopranos, right, The right. Comeback, All a the lot of those ones. shows. All the big ones. Well, does it and, include and, and, Oz? Right. Um, it does include Oz. Nice. 
Um, and and Oz is actually the original HBO original series. Most people, yeah. um, for, for 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 fun fact, uh, there were shows. The Larry Sanders shows and Dream On were original. I remember series. that. I remember that. But those yeah. were actually produced by other studios. They're produced by Sony. Um, in both cases, uh, Oz was the first in-house HBO produced show mm-hmm. that came out in 1997. Fun fact. Great show. Thank you. Uh, Tom, 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 <laughs> uh, Tom, um, uh, uh, Barry Levinson and, uh, Tom, uh, um, I can't think of his name right now, um, uh, created it. Um, it, anyway, amazing show. But, uh, what's, what's so interesting about this to me is that they've managed to do so much without burning any bridges. Like, I would yes. expect when you say, HBO or Game of Thrones is going to be exclusive or, or HBO now is going to be exclusive to Apple TV for those three months. I would think Comcast would be so angry about that. I but bet it sounds they like are behind Comcast, the scenes. Well, yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah they yeah, are. Yeah. But HBO still has that relationship with them. Yeah, what was yeah. actually interesting in a sense for the Comcast thing, actually, they kind of got around it. So the exclusive is for the streaming exclusive exactly. for streaming devices. Comcast probably will announce, based on the language that HBO has said and other things, will probably announce some sort of bundling effort within the next 30 days mm-hmm. for an ISP deal. And they probably are going to piss off Roku, PlayStation, Xbox, whoever, but they'll get over it because ultimately their customers are going to want HBO now. Yeah. Is It's kind of where it goes, you know. So it's one of those things where I think that they've they've done a good job. I mean, even in terms of, you know, licensing their content to Prime users, you know, like Brie was talking about, that will continue yeah. to happen. Those are, those are just licensed on a different basis. Things like Game of Thrones aren't going to reach things like Amazon Prime for a long, long time because it's too profitable mm-hmm. to HBO. But the older stuff, things like the comeback, which, by the way, Brie did come back this year. I they, know. They did I a revival series. Yet. I haven't seen it's it It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that sort of thing is available and kind of shows the, the, the power of long tail content when you create and own your own content. And that, to me, is the biggest advantage that HBO has over Netflix. Netflix, mm-hmm. what most people don't realize, their original series, you know, Orange is the New Black um, and um, the, the, the new uh, Tina Fey show and obviously House of Cards are actually still produced – by other studios. Netflix does some... Is that why they end up on Apple TV eventually? Yes. Okay, wow. Okay. I've always wondered about that. Yeah. And it's also... Well, because in a lot of countries, they actually air on TV there. For instance, House of Cards airs on television, like regular TV, like in Iceland and places like that. Um, and that's also why they sell them on, on DVD. And so... Mm-hmm. HBO, by virtue of producing all of their stuff in-house, has a lot more control over how its content can be delivered and licensed. So they can right. make those side deals with Amazon. They can, you know, kind of own the whole spectrum. Um, it's at this point that I would like to thank HBO for my pink velvet Sex in the City box set. <laughs> yes. Because they oh, really did good that. There. I love that. Well, I think this is where I, ha- I want to turn it over to you, Simone. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, the question I keep asking myself with this deal is – is this worth $15 a month? I mean, I've subscribed to Hulu to get Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, I obviously <laughs> subscribed to Netflix. Uh, by the way, House of Cards this season is amazing. Amazing. Um, but it's like yet another service. And pretty soon these are adding up to like what the cost of cable would be if yep. I subscribed to it. So That's I find myself secret. looking at, you know, I own all the, I own all the wire already. I own Sex yeah. and the City already. Yeah. And, you know, I have to confess I've never seen Game of Thrones. I saw the first episode and I'm like, you know, this is kind of a swords show. I'm not really into that, (laughs) but I'll probably get around to watching eventually. But like being worth $15 a month, like I'd almost rather just buy 
Game of Thrones, you know, on Apple TV season by season, if I end up watching it, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually, I'm not sure I see value here, but if there is there's, value, I'd love to know about yeah, it. There's yeah. so much like swirling through my head right now about how millennials watch TV and like what you said about having box sets of The Wire and Sex and the City and stuff. Uh, my box set notwithstanding, I think that millennials don't buy physical dvds as much we're much more used to digital things so i haven't bought one in a decade i stopped buying it because it's just not worth it there we go yeah Yeah. they're not really relevant anymore unless i unless something like you were talking about with the gone girl uh dvd that or the blu-ray rather not the dvd that came with the comic book if there's some extra value like that i think it's worth it for um people in the 21st century in the year 2015 but other than that no. So in that sense, I do think that these digital services make a lot of sense. Um, on the other hand, I think Netflix and the fact that they release their series all at once, that appeals to the current way that a lot of people watch TV, which is just to marathon and total and binge on shows all at once. Yep. However, with a show like Game of Thrones, that is so huge that like you know, it's very much, you know, it's a water cooler show. You talk about it at work. You talk about it um, with everyone. You know, what's the latest episode? Who who died this week? Why am I crying all the time? Uh, that kind of thing. I, I think that, that that makes it work for this show. I don't know. I mean, and, and that's why they're doing it for this three-month ex- three exclusive, of course. I don't think it would work with another show necessarily. Hmm. Maybe – yeah, that's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, do you think the values are Christina? You know, I think it is. I mean, but it kind of, but but I think to your point, your your original point, I think you're dead on. You're saying eventually all this stuff ends up costing as much as cable, yeah, and for and sure. that's a, that's a point that I've been making honestly for about four years, um, and I'm not joking. I can look back and point out articles I wrote four years ago, basically making the argument that kind of the dirty little secret of all this over the top stuff is that when we talk about how we all want a la carte programming. It sounds great in theory when we can buy by the channel, Mm -hmm. but when you end up adding it up in aggregate, we end up creating bundles and creating basically cable packages all over again. And I think what most people are – what's going to happen for a lot of people is that in a couple of years – we're all going to be paying the same amount that we paid for cable, but for our, our streaming services, <laughs> yeah. the difference will be the one plus side will be you'll have access to it on more devices and 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 potentially you'll have more on demand content. Well, that's um, that's the main feature. That's what yes. I want. My objection has never been to paying for that content. Sure, you know, it, and, and, it's, and yeah, yes, and I mean, and, and uh, one of the reasons that I pay for cable and I I also pay for for Amazon and for 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 Hulu and for Netflix. Um, I pay for everything basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons that that I like my I, my my cable company and I have no choice in who they are, but I like Optimum um, or Cablevision, is that they have a really strong um, affinity with the with the TV everywhere stuff, and they are mm-hmm. um, they offer live viewing and and on demand access to almost every channel that's out there. And when I'm in my house anyway, I can even watch live TV on my iPad. So that's they do cool. a really they do a really good job as far as making it feel like I'm getting more value out of my TV subscription. So I don't feel like I'm at a loss there, but you're you're absolutely right that it does kind of add up. I think though what what we'll see happen is the same thing we happen with regular HBO, where regular HBO is about fifteen dollars added to your cable bill, and like like I mentioned before, a lot of people do only subscribe when their their show is airing, and right. so I can mm-hmm. see a lot of people you know make if you want to get into Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is really as as Simone was saying, one of those water cooler shows where it would honestly not be. I mean, you can binge watch it, but it's honestly not a great experience <laughs> it's to, too binge sad watch. to binge watch. It's, it's and it's too, too heavy. Much. It's yeah. too much. There's so much in this world. 
And, and I think that, you know, um, when I was in college, um, I had to pay for HBO in my dorm room my freshman year. And so I actually called the cable company and got HBO installed. And I did that because I could not miss Sex in the City. It was like it was Damn like an right. it was oh, it was that like was it was, amazing when it, it oh man it, yeah. it was one of those things like they'd had like the hiatus between season four like they they took a break um, because of the writer strike and when it came back I was like I can't not have Sex in the City and so I paid <laughs> extra money um, to get HBO in my dorm room and I actually charged people on Sundays I was like hey give me a few dollars to go towards the cable bill I made money that semester nice. charging people to watch Sex and the City in my dorm room <laughs> and but but my point being though that you know capitalist like capitalist Christina but my point being though that like that show was important enough for me to figure out a way to like ba- literally call the cable company and have them come out to my dorm and install a cable box so I could get H. We had basic cable, but to get HBO in my dorm room. And I think mm-hmm. that for those sorts of shows, you'll see people who will be like, you know what, maybe I won't subscribe to HBO now 20, you know, 12 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. For the three months the Game of Thrones is on, I need Definitely. that and I'll pay you know, the 45 bucks so I can and get it immediately. Because to your point, yeah, it's great to have it just on iTunes and whatnot, but it's not available instantly. You know, that's yeah. the thing. Like they hold it back and yeah. they do that for a reason because they want people to watch it when it's actually airing. They want the value of the subscribers there. So if yeah. it's important to be part of the conversation and if it's one of those topical shows, I'm with Simone. I think that very few shows can do that. Like Girls and Veep are great, Veep especially, but you're not going to like – subscribe to hbo for veep as great as it is no you're gonna subscribe yeah, to hbo it would be, it would be one of those shows who would push it over the top you know like will this with the comeback with other shows like will it finally provide a value there you know i think that's yeah. the question at hand by the way does well, girls get any better after season one because i got season <laughs> one and i'm like i don't like these i've people. heard mixed things i don't you know like it's a weird people. show i mean they're all things. i mean hannah uh, Lena Dunham's character is a very, very unlikable character, which is both brilliant and difficult to watch. Right. Um, it, it's an interesting show. I mean, I think that it it remains as narcissistic um, and self-centered as as it did in the first season, but it's hmm. it's an interesting show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so will take, earlier... I will take I will take interesting. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say to the earlier point, I feel like what you were saying about college or getting HBO in your dorm. I think that this could be a situation like that where college students who can't afford basic cable could spring for HBO now, even if it's yes. just for the three months for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They, if you can't afford to spend the 80 bucks or the 40 bucks or whatever it is for cable, but you can get $15 together, you know, and maybe even pool with your, with your roommates, you know? Yeah. yeah I, I think the people will do that. Nice. Perfect. Even, perfect. We'll see. We'll see. Awesome. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. Let's uh, let's move on to the second big piece of news from this. Event. Watch or um, MacBook. 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 Christina. It's so Christina. Beautiful. What color are you gonna get? What color? Gold, are you of get? course. Gold. Nice. Gold. Is well, best. actually, I don't know if I want yeah. gold or the space gray. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm torn between the two because right. I love my favorite MacBook of all time is my black MacBook. Mm-hmm. Like that's my probably my really? favorite Mac ever really? was my black book. I wow. loved that MacBook wow. so much. I loved it so much. Um, I would I get that it, thing filthy. I named it. <laughs> well, no, you know, the black one actually didn't get, get didn't get dirty. It was great. Um, the white ones got stuff all over. The black one stayed mm. fairly clean. No, um, I loved that MacBook so much. Yeah. Um, I loved. I played. The, I paid the Belak tax, and I paid it willingly, and it was worth it. Um, so I really, I like the idea of the space gray. But I also, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want the Kardashian MacBook. I kind of do. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. The gold one. The yeah. gold is best. Yeah. Mm. What Flip about a coin? you? <laughs> Me? Yes. Or honestly, I 
I, I think the computing power of it is not going to be enough for me if I were going yeah. to get a MacBook or a yeah. MacBook you're, you're, Pro. I guess absolutely. I want video editing yeah. capability. Uh, no, you're right. You're be. right. Yeah. But, but, but let, let's pretend well, that you could have – but let's pretend – Yeah, let's oh, go to if a I were pretending. World. Okay. In my fantasy world where I am plopping down $1,299 for a laptop, I would – I think I'd get the Space Gray. It's sleek and beautiful and uh, – Yeah. I like gold, but I, I, it might be too much for me. Yeah. I think I, I'd go with the normal color. I, I, I think for me, when I use a MacBook, it's the stickers that I put on it that really bring Ooh, it out. And I think true. the gold, I think the gold looks trashy. I'm sorry. I associate Aww. the color gold with my like grandmother that would wear so much jewelry. And it's yeah, just but, like, but, you I know, love right? gold. I love yeah, gold jewelry. Yeah. Oh, but it's the icon yeah. gold. It's, I just don't like the color. I, I, like I've always gotcha. liked silver. My wedding ring is silver for a reason. Um, I just think it's, it's a, well, it's white gold, but yeah, you know, it's see, just, mine's white it's, gold too. right. I just, I just prefer the color and you know, black, I, it just, it just doesn't work for me. So I go with the original, Fair enough. but I think like backing up and before we get into this amount, like I'm in the same boat you are like this yeah, is not I a macbook you. for me yeah, um, not yet yeah i'm i'm not gonna get even though i've had what five macbook airs at this point and all have been wonderful machines but i just you know like my needs being a 3d person can you do uh the everything you need as a game dev on a macbook air no not okay, even right. close not yeah. even freaking close um yeah. i can do it all on a retina macbook pro but only barely since Unreal, this is getting kind of technical, but Unreal moved to, um, it is finally supported on Mac, but it's not really well optimized. Mm-hmm. So it runs so much better on a Windows box versus an OS ten box, but vastly prefer using an OS ten. So you kind of have yeah. to like just buy a computer with that much more power <laughs> to make up for the inefficiency. So, so you need the 5K iMac is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> no, I've definitely thought about it. Um, but, yeah. you know, I've actually... I need is the Mac Pro because rendering mm. light mask calcs yes. is very expensive. Um, yes. But the mm-hmm. truth is these days I don't get to do as much game dev as I used to. My my job is sadly hey. more doing political stuff and venture capital stuff than it is you know, doing that, which is a whole different subject. But I mean, talking about this specific MacBook, I mean, let's talk about like, well, let's bring our listeners up to, you know, in case they missed the Apple event. Like, Simone, do you want to give them some background? Yeah, so basically they announced a new MacBook, um, which is, in fact, thinner than the MacBook Air. It Was it 13.1 millimeters? Uh, it's, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, thick. And um, it's really beautiful. The screen basically takes up all of the space allotted to it, the keyboard as well. It has a full keyboard, um, a a new track or a mouse or trackpad yes trackpad that's the mm-hmm. word i'm looking for oh my gosh um that has that can sense the pressure that you are putting on it and force um, touch force touch <laughs> and retina display it is very very beautiful and very two pounds it weighs two pounds and um pounds. it has only it has two ports one is a USB-C port and the other is a headphone jack and yeah. that's like what you see is what you get. It's sleek and beautiful, and it looks luxurious. And again, I will not be editing videos on it, sadly. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to unpack here. And do you guys want to start? Oh with yeah. The, oh with god. The, yeah. With the, with the jack. Um, yeah. I was yeah. really surprised to see 
um, Apple Throwaway, Thunderbolt, and the MagSafe on it. You know, they went yes. MagSafe, and then they went MagSafe 2 to make it even thinner, and now mm-hmm. they're throwing that away. Um, like, yes. What do you think is going on here, I Christina? I am so excited about this. Why, 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 why? Because I read your piece on it today. Yes. So <sighs> I want you to talk about it. I'll stop interrupting yeah. you. No, I mean, I think that what's what's interesting, I mean, honestly, I think they were they would need to go as thin as possible. I think USB-C is huge. I think that Thunder getting rid of Thunderbolt did surprise me, kind of. Um, they're going to keep it on their higher-end machines because it's it's a fast port. It's only getting faster. It's it's kind of like the, the, this future kind of like it's, it's like a pure, you know, direct bus yeah. to, you know, I mean, it, it's a pure I.O. bus. So I think for the Mac Pro, for the Mac Pro, for the iMac, for, for the MacBook Pros, it's definitely going to be there. But for regular users, you don't necessarily need Thunderbolt speeds. And there haven't even been a ton of Thunderbolt peripherals. What did surprise me more was getting rid of MagSafe. I had guessed, I thought, you know, I could see them doing one plug and being assholes like Apple tends to be and only having one plug and making everybody rebuy accessories. Right. But they'll still keep the MagSafe because yeah. the MagSafe is this thing they have patented and it's great. It's fantastic. Um, it's, it's easy it to use. It is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I would like to honestly see them almost do like a MagSafe style you know, USB-C thing where where you would still have it as the USB-C connector, but maybe like it has like a MagSafe type thing connecting it to the power source or something so that it can break Mm -hmm. off easily. I don't know. Um, That surprised me. But I mean, I think that, you know, you guys, I I think that we're all right in that I don't think any of us would use this as our primary laptop. And I don't think that, that for most people, that's what this is for. My mom is very excited about getting the MacBook as her primary laptop. She has a current MacBook, a 13-inch MacBook Pro right now. And she is not happy with it. She wants to, you know, it's, it's still got the old hard drive on it. And, and she, mm. she's had it for about four years. And she's ready for a new machine. And she was going to get a MacBook Air. But this being only a little bit heavier than the original iPad and having the higher resolution screen and having everything else is going to be perfect for her. Um, but this but... is what I don't understand about the gang rev MagSafe. So something I've wanted for years and years and years and years is for Apple to get serious about delivering a desktop retina display. If you yes. come to the GSX mm-hmm. office, um, yep. you know, 3D work takes a lot of real estate. Like yes. I could probably use four 27 inch LEDs if I had them. I make, you know, I make do with two. Um, and it, it hurts my eyes. It gives me a headache sometimes when I work on yeah. my 15 inch MacBook Pro with mm-hmm. retina screen. And then I go to that, but it's, right. it's close enough. This is why I don't understand about this choice. Um, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but USB-C is nowhere near the, the throughput of Thunderbolt 2, right? It's so, not, it's right. as fast as Thunderbolt 1 though. Yeah, but like Thunderbolt so, 1 so, works with the 27-inch ACD that's right. not Retina. So when exactly. we start moving towards Retina screens, I don't understand how this thing can output for it. Right, know? and it won't. And it, it won't. won't. It won't. It won't. I right. mean, that's because this is going to be one, I think, that primarily, yeah, you're not going to be able to connect this to whatever the future Retina cinema display, you know, uh, or, or Thunderbolt display that they, that they come out with is. I mean, that's not that, you know, mm-hmm. and if it does work, it's not going to work the right way, or they're going to have to do wireless kind of mirroring or something. Wireless um, is never going to, that's just too much information. I don't, um, I don't. No, I, I, think, I think we'll get there at some point. I, oh, at I, some I, point. Yeah, but currently. I mean, no, it's currently, not going to be backwards. Not. No, yeah. No, exactly yeah, not. But, yeah. but but, but I feel like that this is not aimed at that. I feel like this is a this is the first crack at it. Yeah. So we've got to think about what we might see a year from now. The situation might be different. You know, they might have a rev. You know, USB C 
you know, A or something that might be faster and have other capabilities. They might be able to, 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 you know, get the, the profile of Thunderbolt down even lower so they can, you know, output to a cinema display. From what I understand, the reason that they haven't even released a 5K display yet is because they have to create their own, um, uh, control timer, um, within the like like they did for the iMac they basically yeah, the got to create yeah. they they've got to do that themselves and 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 I think that they frankly are are probably going to have to add some additional power into the monitor itself to to take on some of the rendering capabilities yeah. to to do what it needs to do but yeah once they eventually come out with that no this is probably not going to work with that but I look at the original MacBook Air which had one USB port no optical drive had an SD card slot and mm-hmm. you know was was really underpowered and was really kind of not on par with the other machines that were out on the lineup, but then within a couple of years became what has become the standard and kind of set everything forward. So I feel mm-hmm. like you're right, Bree, that, and I think all of us are saying we would not use this as our primary machine, but we might, you know, in a couple of years, I think the situation's going to be different and standards will be faster, that this will. Mm-hmm. The, the, to me, this is this is the future. Yeah, what, yeah. The one yeah. that is out now is not going to be what what the future is, but this is setting the the building blocks for what the future is going to be. And what I, I'm so excited yeah. about is this kind of minimalism of plugging things in, this minimalism of cords, minimalism of devices that you hook up to your computer. Because I am I'm just sick of keeping track of wires and things. I hope that this is an indication that we are moving towards being able to share a thing. I hope that the technology will adapt so that we can share things quickly and easily between devices uh, wirelessly. And I think that that I'm very excited. Well, for I, I, I hope it's the way we're moving, but yeah. I, I guess in, you know, I'm not Painfully trying to be, slowly. I, I'm not trying to be skeptical about this because sure. I'm sure once I use it, it's going to be a fine machine. And, you know, I, I understand like I own one of the first MacBook airs, the kind with the custom hard drive in it. Yeah. Like, that was, and I love that machine. And I have owned a MacBook Air in addition to my production MacBook for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, until the lack of the Retina screen just got to the point where I can't even look at this. It's so terrible. <laughs> um, but that said, um, I think there's so I don't understand what the point is of force touch and maybe it will be one of these things oh, like like christina ooh. have you used it in person yet no i, have I haven't about this and yeah, i'm not Simone, sold Simone on tell it. Us. well i know it does <laughs> but yeah go ahead tell people yeah so the fact i i think there there's one very cool thing about force touch that i i think is awesome which is the fact that we are as humans developing these complex really deep interactions with our technology and the fact that that vertical aspect of interacting with your computer is going to be important i think that's awesome you know for us it might be difficult to adapt to but for kids growing up like they're going to grow up with this technology and we're just becoming so much smarter because of all these ways that we can interact with our machines on the other hand thinking about it realistically i think that it's going to be really difficult for people with motion control issues like people who aren't as dexterous Hmm. say as um tech savvy people i think there are going to be accessibility issues yeah uh people who might be disabled um people with arthritis who can't necessarily control their hands and they're as well as um younger people i think that that is a problem and i'm wondering do you guys 
can you turn it off or is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can turn it off. And I mm-hmm. also think, you know, Apple has such a good record when it comes to accessibility. They do. They do. I, yeah. they, I mean, honestly, better than anybody else does, especially out of the box. I would be shocked if they hadn't thought of some of those things. Yeah. So I yeah, understand the yeah, concern, yeah, but yeah, I have definitely. a feeling. If anything, I mean, we might be able to make the argument that with some of the haptic feedback stuff and some of those other things that it might be better for people yeah, who have yeah. motion mm-hmm. disabilities because they could make slighter movements and do slighter things and have more things happen. Um, or, yeah. or, or get better inputs. I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, guess I, I might what be reaching there. I, I, I guess my point is until I've actually clicked it and it felt what it feeds like, feels like for you know that feedback to be haptic in nature with like you know, basically vibrating an electromagnet underneath the touchpad <laughs> as right. opposed to a physical clicking mechanism, which by the way yeah. has problems. Like it's hard to click around the edges of a MacBook. You have to click in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm open-minded on that. I'm, I'm not sold on it. What also concerns me are the keys. Um, you know, Christina, you also write all day long. Um, I do. You know, most of my day running a company is email. It's IMing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've actually worn out the keys, like to the point where you can't <laughs> see what the letters are on my 2013 MacBook Pro. So, um, you know, when Apple moved over to the scissor key mechanism, you know, that was from a mechanical key. And, um, you know, it's, it's scientific. Like, it's just a fact that, you know, mechanical keys are clunkier and they're loud, but the majority of people, like science shows, you can type faster with it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like Apple moved over to the scissor key mechanism, which is smaller, it's more attractive. That's fine. It's a trade-off that they chose to make and I've acclimated over the years. But now we're moving to a butterfly key mechanism, which is even lower profile and I haven't pressed those yet to know how it feels. So, um, again, it's not that, again, Apple has a good track record in making acceptable compromises, but, you know, I need to feel this to to believe it. Does, does that make sense can, to you guys? Yeah. Can yeah. you explain how the butterfly keys work? Well, it's it's basically it's like um, the mechanism underneath it. It's like mm-hmm. it goes down and it it hits a switch as you're doing it. I, yeah. Christina, you probably have better information about no, this. I, mean, I only exactly. watch the videos. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I only watch the videos too. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, there's less there's less travel basically. Yeah, less travel. And, mm-hmm. There's less lower travel. profile. And, yeah. Okay. And, and so and as a result, yeah, that means if you pound away on them all the time, that they're going to be worn more and potentially yeah. you know not be as good to type on. I mean, and it is an interesting thing. I primarily use the Mac keyboard but i also have a really nice external low profile logitech keyboard that i really like that yeah. has that's just slightly um the, the keys have about the same travel as, as those on the, the macbook but um it, it's a it's a really nice keyboard it's actually it's a you it's bluetooth and it's solar powered so oh, i wow. i love it oh that one um, that's gotten really good <laughs> reviews yeah it's my favorite keyboard that i've used frankly i love it so I mean, I'm concerned, I think, a bit about maybe long-term stuff, but we'll see. I mean, I've I've still had pretty good luck. I've, I haven't gotten to the point yet on any of my MacBook keyboards, and I've been using, you know, the chiclet-style um, keyboards, I guess, for the last seven years or so. I haven't, you know, broken one completely yet. Um, but <laughs> yes, we'll I, find I that am, day. But having the, 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 the lower travel space, yeah, I mean, it is one of those things you kind of think about. And, and uh, I mean, again... I kind of think about how they're positioning this and they're certainly at least not now. I think eventually they're going to be positioning, positioning this as the standard bearer for laptops. But for right now, I think that really the way they're selling this is this is your, you know, travel laptop. This is your secondary machine. You know, you've got your main Mac pro or iMac or, or MacBook pro, and then mm-hmm. you have this, 
or you're a lighter user who isn't as you're like my mom who doesn't need as much power and yeah. this is what you've She's got. She's sending emails, browsing exactly. the internet. Whereas I don't know if if they're at least right now even trying to tell people, oh, you know, for someone like like any of us on this podcast, this is what you can do. Because even as a writer, I would run into problems, I believe, with the, with the new MacBook, just in terms of the processor and some of the other things. I don't, I think that just my, my normal web browsing and and the the way I handle Photoshop and other stuff, it probably wouldn't be an ideal machine. Um, that said, I still want one because it's sexy and, and I want everything. Um, but it would probably probably be like a secondary machine. Like I could see it being great for, yeah. for recording podcasts, you know, where Definitely. maybe not doing video stuff, but like for doing audio stuff and taking to a convention. Bread. Like this would be ideal. Exactly. For that this for would me. be oh, this would be so good at a convention. Like you guys were just at at, at PAX. This to me would be like the perfect sort of machine <laughs> to have like at something like PAX because you know you could literally have it it's so lightweight. You could literally have it in your purse, in your bag, and then if you need yeah. to file something or report something quickly, you know, pull it out and it's barely heavier than an ipad I, yeah. I guess i'd have to say this though and just being honest like i love my iphone 6 plus so much there and i've go. gotten to be so good yeah. at typing on that in the go yeah. i do think it obviates a lot of what my use case used to be for a secondary laptop and i yeah. i do think this is i think there are a lot of hardcore users that could have this as their main machine i think a lot of you know software engineers could use it i don't totally. think it's really for graphic art no, but no. I think for writers, for I, writers, I can see yeah. it working. Yeah. I mean, if you're primarily in a terminal and you're primarily connecting to server side stuff and you're, yeah. or you're primarily writing or, or doing or, HTML yeah. stuff, absolutely. HTML stuff, yeah. I mean, this would be great because it'd be so small enough and you've got this high resolution screen too, right? Yeah. And it's, and, it, and it's, it's so, you know, small form factor wise. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, anything graphic wise, video wise, uh, heavy graph, you know, heavy, heavy, um, you know, um, image work of, of, of any type mm-hmm. that's not going to be ideal. But I think otherwise it looks good. I'm with you though. I, because I haven't actually held it and used it, I don't know. I'm yeah. looking forward to getting my hands on it. Um, but I, I, I do agree that I, that was kind of one of my concerns when they talked about how thin the, the travel was or how small the travel was on, on the keyboards and thinking, is this still going to feel good? Although to Apple's credit, you know, they've, they make good keyboards. They might yeah. not be, you know, the the clicky, fantastic kind of, you know, mechanical cherry, you know, um, uh, whatever the, the the phrase is, kind of, you know, old school kind of keys that some people really love. But I, I think that Apple does a good job with their keys, I agree. their keyboards. Yeah. So, and if I, history has shown us anything, it's that we'll adjust no matter yes, what we yeah, say no, now. That's true. That's you, true. You're absolutely dead on, yeah, Simone. Yeah. You were so right. We will adjust and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll you know, maybe type less harsh. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> I think brings us to the amazing amount of dumb, stupid press that's been going on about the Apple Watch. Oh my god, this is this is so hard if you know anything about Apple to watch like the mainstream press. Like I knew when they announced that the Apple Watch, like the edition version was gonna be ten thousand dollars. I'm oh like, my yes. oh my God, I'm gonna be reading stupid stuff about this for the next two days. And it's, I did. Uh, yeah. So Yeah. Oh god. Simone, do you but, wanna but, do you want to talk about that? I was gonna say, but you guys are both buying ten thousand dollar Apple Watches. Oh, yeah, yeah as a recent college Come graduate, on. and um, yeah, I can totally say that I will be buying an Apple edi- watch edition. Um, no, yeah, like you were saying, the price is totally realistic for a luxury item, and I mean that's what watch it. That's what really high end watches cost. Yep. but I'll back up. Uh, actually, it's cheap for really high end yeah, watches. If yeah, being honest, no kidding. I was looking at prices. Uh, I think it was um, Wired did a great breakdown of luxury watches today, and the Apple Watch was on there, and it was I think the cheapest one, like compared to these. Hundred thousand dollar Rolexes and stuff, which are like handcrafted in Switzerland, but 
you know, this is a totally different thing from that. This is a luxury smartwatch, and it makes sense that it costs as much as it does, considering it's made of 18 karat gold. Um, But to back up and talk about the Apple Watch, it's my understanding that basically the, the new information we have about it now is the prices. Yes. And the colors and everything. Well, more about the functionality, too. Yeah, in yeah. Cases. So, Displaying some yeah, of the apps yeah, that it's yeah. going to have, um, which I am I'm very excited. I think the things I'm most excited about for the Apple Watch are the maps, which I think we all, yep. we all knew that that was coming. But just that utility is going to be incredible, not needing to walk around holding my iPhone out in front of me. No, and, it'll vibrate know. even. It'll yeah, vibrate like yeah. when you need to turn. It's going to be fantastic. I have it on my Pebble. Like my favorite thing that I use with my Pebble and have been for the last couple of years mm-hmm. is directions. And mm-hmm. this is going to be an even better experience. Yeah, it's going to be very amazing. And then travel, being able to have your plane tickets on your watch and just display that without needing to dig around for boarding passes or look for your plane tickets on your phone, in your email, as I had to do recently. How about Uber? Um, that really, that was exciting yes, for me. Yes, I absolutely. used That saved my butt at GDC this year. Uber um, is, yeah. for as much as people like to complain about the company, and I'm not defending them at all, as a service, it's so freaking useful as and helpful. As a service, it was awesome. Yeah. And and, and yeah. frankly, they're better than Lyft. If Lyft were, Lyft might be nicer, but they're a crappier service. So unfortunately <laughs> for me, like yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with, I'm, I'm going to be like, well, I could have the taxi industry that's corrupt or Uber that's corrupt or <laughs> Lyft that's nice but incompetent. I'm going to go for like Uber that's yeah, corrupt yeah. but better than I taxis. Actually, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, know I think – oh, anyway, go ahead, Simone. I, mean, I don't want to make this yeah. into the Lyft versus yeah, Uber yeah, yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. Well, I think there was a lot of really interesting news that came up here. You know, I think talking at the top of it, I think like Rocket is going to have a, a bit of a unique discussion point, like talking about, you know, the aesthetics of the different yes. price points. Because um, we're freaking girls, man. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Christina, which which one are you going to get? Which one are you going to get? <sighs> okay, so I'm, I'm debating. So when I found out you can use the bands with all of them, yeah. I need to see them in person. I need to see wild. them in person. Yes, but I need I need I need to see them in person to figure something out. So, I don't want to be a cheapskate, but at the same time, spending seven hundred and fifty dollars on a watch that I know I will replace in a year does strike me, even me, as being ridiculous. Sure. That being because what I want the, the band that I want, I want the light pink leather band, um, the with, with like the 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 you know metal clasp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's it sells for two hundred fifty dollars individually, and so I could add that to the sport watch, which is three fifty, and that would be six hundred bucks. Or I could get it built in with the Apple Watch with the stainless steel for seven fifty. So either mm-hmm. way, that's the one I want. I want that that one that light pink uh, leather band. Really? Um, I'm I'm probably gonna go for the steel one in that case. But if I look at it in person and it doesn't look like it'll clash with the aluminum finish of the sport watch, then mm-hmm. I might save one hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, that's kind of nice. how I feel too. Um, I mean. <sighs> I, I guess I'd say my experience with Apple leather products, like with their iPad cases and their iPhone cases, um, it looks bad really quickly. Like it looks yeah, like crap true. really that's quickly. That's a really good point. I'm hoping um, I'm yeah. hoping in this case maybe they're sourcing it higher, maybe they're doing better than what they're doing. Well with, they're certainly with their, charging more. So. They yeah. well, I was gonna say, I mean, we'll see. I mean it, look here, in my ideal world, Kate Spade would be bringing out cases and we don't know what the third party right. strap scenario is going to be and yet. that's what makes me want to pause well i mean i'm gonna buy it the day it comes out but exactly. i'm hoping like kate spade or someone like that will put out some really good quality you know bands for it but mm-hmm. i think I, it's it's like you um what i want when i look for accessories i want 
minimal, generally speaking. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know how you say this. Is it Milanese loop? Is that how you say it? I believe the... so. Mil- 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 Milanese or Milanese, something Milanese, like that. Milanese, yeah. that's how they said yeah. it. I was really amazed. That one was only $150. Yeah. Um, when the, the, the aluminum link band was actually $500. I was really amazed with that because it looks like the precision engineering is much higher for the other one. So it does. that's only $150. Like that looks feminine. It looks minimal. It's not like, you know, screaming pay attention to me um so that's that's, that's gonna be the one yeah. i'm gonna go it is for. beautiful yeah. yeah that's a good point i mean that's the nice thing about the fact that they're gonna be selling these things individually is you'll be able to kind of mix and match mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and i think that's what makes this different than every other smartwatch is the fact that it is being sold as both a fashion accessory and a gadget and it's being sold as fashion just as much as it is a gadget and mm-hmm. and as women especially i mean that's the thing i've re- i've railed against in a lot of my smartwatch reviews over the last couple of years has been the fact that they don't care about how they look on a woman's wrist mm-hmm. so the fact that apple has two sizes and they've got all these really feminine you know um bands is awesome it's about freaking time because I want something that's going to look good on my wrist as jewelry and as an accessory. And I don't want it to be bulky and gross like a dude's watch. Right, you know, I mean, sometimes right. that's fine. And depending on the outfit, it can totally work. But like if I'm going to a business meeting or if I'm, you know what I mean? Like I, if I'm wearing a nice suit or a nice dress, like I want yeah. something that I can kind of fancy it up with. I don't want it to be like, oh, and check out my sports watch. Well, like I yeah, don't want that. I mean, that's why, that's <laughs> that why I'm not really willing to get the sports watch. I mean, I work out a lot. I work out at least, it doesn't matter how busy. I get I always go work out for at least an hour hour and a half a day so I'm always at the gym but you know if I'm gonna wear this thing I I really think Mm -hmm. that um I, I do believe it's going to be quickly become indispensable. And I want something that I can go to a business meeting with. And it's not going to look weird, you know, or, yeah. or go do a documentary shoot. Like I want not to, have to change it out or anything. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. So ideally it should be with you at all times and should become, like you said, indispensable. But it's so doing. thick and I just, I don't <laughs> know if it's ever going to be truly attractive. I mean, do you think it will be? Are you talking about the sport? Well, just the thickness of the face itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this feels so 1.0 to me. Yeah. This this is, this is, this is my fear with, with buying the Apple watch, the, the stainless steel one, even though I like the looks of that better. My fear with that, if I'm being totally honest, is that I am just going to get a new one. I'm going to get rid of it here. I mean, I don't mind so much spending money on the bands because I feel like they will at least for the first two years make the bands interchangeable. Probably. But I feel like the next version of the face is going to be thinner. It's going to be smaller. It's going to be more refined. And so, you know, to me, when I even when I saw it in uh, in September, I looked at it and I went, "Oh, this is such a 1.0 Apple product." Because if you looked at the original <laughs> iPad, no, because seriously, no, if you look yeah, at the original iPad yeah. versus the iPad Two, and it's like, oh, sh-, you know what I mean? And the iPad yeah. Two is so much sleeker and better looking than the original iPad. And to me, mm-hmm. this is one of those things where I was like, "Oh yeah, the next version of this is going to be banging." Yeah, and and so I do hesitate a little bit. Only because, unlike the iPad and the iPhone, where you could kind of guarantee a high resale value, there's not going to be one on this, I don't yeah, think. I agree. So, I agree. B- because it's fashion primarily and, and, and not functionality driven, I, I don't think there's going to be a high resale value on it. So, you know, you're kind of going in, you're kind of buying it for the year. And so, you know, for me, it's kind of a matter of, okay, how much do I really want to spend? Um, no. Well, I'll give the Gen 1 to I'm my husband. Curious. When so, you say it's not yeah. functionality driven, do you mean just the way that it looks or in general? 
Well, I mean, I think that the thing is that the, most of the functionality is coming from your phone. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. a Bluetooth connection and, and it has got some Wi-Fi things going on. It's got a processor but and, and a heart rate monitor. But most of the functionality is coming from your phone and it's just pinging the notifications. So what I'm saying is that it's not one of those things where – you know, the next version will probably be able to do more, but it's not as if it's one of those things where when I, I'm just talking about the the, the resale mm-hmm. value sense. So yeah, much of it's yeah. going to be based on fashion, in addition to the fact that it'll be presumably less functional. Whereas yeah. the iPad, at least, you know, could get yeah. updates and other stuff. That's this all is I something mean. you have to use your phone. Like your phone yeah. is something you upgrade constantly. I think the Apple Watch is going to be even worse than the iPad. And as far yes. as it's going to be something people yeah. buy and keep I totally until agree. it breaks. It'll be you know? interesting to see how the consumer, how consumers react to that. I mean, with like we were talking about the other day um, about people talking about how the iPad is selling so poorly <laughs> but that's compared to the iPhone, right? Which is ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see how the market responds yes. to the, the reputation of the watch. I guess because I agree. Yeah, whether whether they'll have that perception that it is a failure if it doesn't sell as well. as Yeah, iPhone. no. What and I think that that's been one of the good things about this is that the expectations have been tempered. I think the iPad only became. The expectations, I think, us as, and I include myself in this as analysts, only became so, raised our expectations so much when the sales were so high initially. So what happened was we expected it not to sell as well as it did. I personally thought it was going to be a hit, but I didn't think it was going to be as big of a hit as it was. Apple didn't even think it was going to be that big Mm -hmm. of a hit. And then we had all this kind of colossal growth in this huge industry. And you had people going from saying, you know, this could be kind of a nice secondary supplemental income thing to this is going to replace PCs. And when you say that, then you're really looking at, oh, well, this could be, (laughs) this could match phone sales. This could match other stuff. And when the growth trajectory changed and when a, the upgrade cycle was on par with PCs rather than phones, so people upgrade less often. And B, the growth curve, you know, um, balanced out much more quickly and didn't quite reach wherever PCs were. I think that was kind of the disconnect. So I think with the watch, yeah. people are hopefully going in with a much better, you know, kind of frame of mind. And and if they're saying, okay, we can sell this many million a year, we'll be happy. Um, then you have lower expectations versus, yeah. you know, um, expecting it to be the next iPhone. I don't think anybody's going to think it's the next iPhone. It's per- positioning as an accessory to the phone. Exactly. Like yeah. Rather than yeah. as Precisely. a device and, and, on its own. And I, I do have to say about the iPad, it didn't help that Steve Jobs is saying things like, this is going to be the greatest, biggest thing I've ever done like, the night before <laughs> it came out. <laughs> right. You know, like, but then well, Revolution right. 60 came out. Well, right. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, then and, 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 and in fairness, I do think that he that, that he and Tim Cook are probably both right and that eventually the future of computing probably does look a lot like the iPad. I just don't think we're at that conversion point yet. And I think it's oh. going to take a long time. I disagree and I'm not, with that. I'm not. Well, yeah. I'm, I actually think that if you look at the the new MacBook, I mean, it has a lot more in common with the iPad than it does with almost anything else. I mean, take away the touch screen, iMac the form factor and whatnot, like <laughs> we're kind of getting into that place. But putting all that aside, I mean, I think that the it will be interesting to, to your point, Brie, about how long people keep this thing until it breaks. Yeah. I think that the big thing they have going for them um a i think that it doesn't have to be that powerful you know the phone is what's powering it but b i think that the big thing is that because they are selling this so much as a fashion piece people feel differently about upgrading things over fashion than they do about functionality i found yeah if you buy Mm -hmm. something keeping in mind like if you're a lot of people do this with watches now you know you buy a 300 hundred dollar watch you have it for a couple of years that goes out of fashion you might keep it under drawer but you never really look at it again you get another one yeah i think that when you look at it that way, it's kind of a fashion piece and it's something that 
you see is replaceable in that sense, then it's not going to last forever. You don't expect the same longevity that you would expect maybe from another gadget, if Do that you makes think sense. So, I mean, I kind of, my approach to like, if I buy a bag, I don't, like, you, don't you know, you can go out and you can buy like a cheap, cute yeah. looking bag for like $100, but it's going to fall apart in a few months. Right. You know? I've always like gone for something that's more classic, but is Same. really, really well made. That's going to last me a few years. And, and I do that too. And I, do I that don't, too. I don't, I think Apple watch is going to kind of define the way a fashion category looks. I mean, I was looking at an Android wear watch. I was out to dinner with <sighs> someone with one yeah. yesterday. It was a more fashionable looking watch than the Apple watch was. It was really cool looking, but it's also the kind of looks that are going to, I can see it going out mm. of style. Like it's eventually yes. going to look like, you know, wraparound shades <laughs> looked in the nineties oh, at some oh, point. No, without a doubt. Well, right. I, and I think, and I think that's where their band comes into, into place. I think it's right. just more like the fact that even though I, I guess I'm talking about kind of the clunky or not clunky, but I guess kind of the, the thick look of, of kind of the watch itself. I feel like that's something where people will be okay with saying, you know, this looks really sleek now, but in a couple of years, I'm going to want something different. The same way you do with a handbag, you know, you carry your bag for, for a couple of years and then you get a new one and, and you put it away in a drawer and you don't use it again, but you've gotten that use out of it. Um, I just feel like, especially the $350 level and, and even the $500 level for watch fans and for people who are buying accessories. There are a lot of people who buy things as fashion who aren't opposed to spending that much money on something for a couple of years worth and then ready to just dump it for something else. I mean, yeah, I, I think, it, you know, because, uh, and there are a lot of people, uh, women especially, I think that actually feel more comfortable spending their money that way on fashion than they do on tech, where my mom is like that, where she doesn't have a lot of qualms about, you know, buying expensive shoes every couple of years. But if she has to replace her laptop more than once every five years, she freaks out. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on how they position it and kind of their, their, their chief of expectations. And I agree with you that I don't think it's fashionable in the sense that it's, it's you know, trendy. I think that it's classic. Yeah. But I also feel like because mm -hmm. they're selling it as a fashion item, there's some sort of expectation that there might be a time when there is a more fashionable model. You know, where you want something else. Right. Because certainly right, right. I've, I've bought bags that I really love. And then 10 years later, I look at it and go, you know what? I really liked that at the time. Yeah. But I wouldn't still carry that bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Can we talk about the functionality some? Can we I move on to this? Yeah. Because this is what – so I have a confession to make. Um, and I think you can see this in the way I tweet. Um, confess, my child. So I will confess <laughs> my sins. Um, <laughs> I am – inundated with people trying to get my attention all day every day um to the point where i just can't even respond like they're like i have friends on facebook that ping me people mm -hmm. writing me emails people tweeting me i mean i try so me trying hard. to find you at pax east that's a whole different story we'll talk about <laughs> that was an adventure this weekend oh we yeah can, we can talk about oh that's a uh, whole podcast uh, um go on yes, yes but i i'm so inundated with people like my most precious resource is not money it is my attention mm -hmm. and what i'm really excited about with the apple watch is you know they've talked about this how people that carry the apple watch end up pulling out their phones less and looking at their watch more like kind of scanning mm -hmm. notifications as they come in yeah i can say for me 
this is what happens to me and this affects my productivity is that I'll be working along and I have this app on my Mac called self-control that shuts off all social media so I can get some work done. Nice. Um, and then I'll be going like in my FOMO fear of missing information <laughs> kicks in <laughs> so hard. And I start twitching and then I'll pick up my phone and then I just get sucked into it. Yeah. And what I, feeling. I want and what I think the Apple Watch will let me do is set that. So, I mean, my God, if Christina Warren is like texting me or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I want to know about that right then. Like that needs to go to the watch. But, yeah. you know, some friend from college talking to me, that needs to not bother me, you know, while I'm at work. And I'm really excited about I'm hoping that the Apple Watch is going to free me from this crippling smartphone addiction that I have. And it's going to kind of let me be more present in, in, you know, like little things like date night with my husband, you know, like all these things. Do you know guys? Yeah. If it's as easy as raising your hand to see if it's important than lowering it to dismiss it. I think it's going to be so much easier to, I, yeah, just break ourselves away from our smartphones. Right. Right. Am I alone there in that addiction? No, no, you're not. I'm definitely that way. And I'm with you, Simone. I think that that's the big key is making it, Mm -hmm. they're talking about making it glanceable and making it easy to dismiss. So I can say, okay, I see this and I don't have to deal with it now. And if it's something I really need to deal with, I can tap on it, maybe, you know, archive it or pen it to something else. But I can just, you know, raise and lower and be like, okay, I saw it, but I don't need to give it my attention. Now I can go back to my work. I can turn my attention back to my husband, back to my laptop, back to my work, back to whatever else I'm doing without having to have all those notifications there. Or as you said, Bree, I don't know about you guys, but like with my phone, my biggest problem is that's one of the reasons I like to read on my Kindle more than I like to read on my iPad is that my, on my Kindle, I only can read. Yes. Whereas my iPad, I can get sucked into Wikipedia and I can't get sucked in. And then that means I get sucked into other stuff. And then that means I get into a game and then Facebook, you know what I mean? Like when you open the phone or the iPad, you have to check every app. You don't just check the one you're checking. You check all of them just in case. I do. I do. And the nice thing about this is when you really need to get someone's attention, you can just send them your heartbeat. That and then is so know creepy. That you need them. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I'm going to send you guys my heartbeat just to be like super like horror movie. You know oh, it is going to be a horror movie because yeah. I'm going to like receive a heartbeat call from someone. It'll be going really fast, really fast, really fast. And then it'll just stop. I'll See, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. It's going to be so good for sexting. Like, it's going to be like... Oh, my God. <laughs> seriously, think about it. Like, I had this idea when they first announced this at at, at the... Uh, I even wrote a story about it, like, in September. I was like, this is going to change sexting as we know it. That's really true. That's really it true. Is. Mm. It's next. Huh. Apple should bring that up at the keynote. Like, they really should. <laughs> why didn't they? I don't see why they didn't yeah, lead like with that Tim right away. But they stage. did have Christy yeah. Turlington Burns there, who's they my favorite did. ever. Oh, she's so ridiculously gorgeous. Oh my she god, is. Yeah. she's my favorite yeah. supermodel of all time, and she's a really good person. And her husband's a really cool guy too. Dude, they were reading yes. her yeah. like her list of accomplishments. <laughs> I'm sitting here, my face is <laughs> in my hands. Like I have done nothing for fun. You know what's awesome? She wrote Carly Claus's this because we always have to go back to taylor and carly and, and, and kaylor as, as it were but she she uh wrote carly Kloss's recommendation letter for nyu because oh. christy charlington went to nyu oh and graduated God. from nyu and so carly when she decided to like take time off of modeling to go do nyu or whatever like christy charlington wrote her um I'm literally clutching my heart right now is that amazing that's, okay yeah that's so sweet oh my god the thing that I'm excited about, um, <laughs> the other thing I'm excited about yeah, is the one? scheduling yeah. and like yes. having it tell you 
hey, this is when you need to leave. You need to leave to this thing right now. That is my ultimate vice. If I can get away with like, okay, so my concept of lateness is I'm not late until someone notices I'm late. If I need to be somewhere <laughs> at nine and I, I'm still in my house at nine, yeah, I'm still in my house at 8.59, I need to be somewhere at nine. I'm not late till the clock hits nine and someone notices that I'm not there because I am the worst person in the world. So this I think would help me so much if with the, um, the fact that it can... Um, give you touch feedback as well. Like if it would tell me, you know, go, go, go right now. That is a dream, which I hope will come true someday. It will come true someday. Yeah. Thank you. Or, or you could get your own assistant. That's what I do. Like she'll call <laughs> to me drag, like, literally drag me on, from bed. You've got this meeting, you've spaced this stuff all the time. That's nice. I'll hire too. Courtney to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I'm really excited about this. Um, yeah. I, I am, you know, there's been a lot of grumbling coming out, talking about the, um, you know, Verge had a piece, like talking about how the user interface seemed confusing. Um, and, you know, it's easy for me to see that being a problem. I mean, it's one of those things you don't know until you actually start playing with it. But, I would really love to. Yeah. Just because, I mean, there are only two buttons on it and then there's the screen. That's, it's so minimalistic for something that you know you need to be switching back and forth between so um yeah i'm really curious to to play with it same send us an apple watch please please apple. please or or you guys you know like in the audience could send us apple watches i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> baskets <laughs> of apple watches that would be amazing someone sent me a razor the other day um i oh really I got a weird, like, a razor, electric razor in the mail. Like, I'm a dude. It was really bizarre, like, in mm -hmm. a huge box. It was bizarre. So if <laughs> someone wants to send me a, uh, an Apple Watch, I'll be very grateful. This week's episode of Rocket is sponsored again by lynda.com, the amazing lynda.com. Uh, it's an online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses that you can use uh, to strengthen your skills in business-related activities, technology, and creative skills. Um, you can have a free 10-day trial if you visit lynda.com slash rocket, which is l-y-n-d-a dot com slash rocket, R-O-C-K-E-T, the name of this podcast. Um, I'm super freaking excited about this. I'm not swear. I'm cussing excited because <laughs> I, I have been eyeing Linda's tutorials on Premiere, Adobe Premiere and Adobe Audition for a long time. I really wanted to take them. Uh, they have a, a tutorial on audio finishing techniques in Premiere and transitions, uh, the former of which I sorely need. And they also have, uh, videos on Audition um, basically this huge essential training video on how to use Audition. And I've been, you know, picking things piecemeal up, uh, learning by myself. But I think that this could really, I, I'm just so excited to reach that next level of expertise in Adobe Audition. And Brianna, I know you use Linda um, at Giant Space Cat. Yeah, so why don't you... we had a really cool story this week. So first of all, like, thanks to Linda for giving us, um, you know, some free trial codes Thank for that. Um, something I really believe at, at Giant Space Cat, is building the talent that you want to have. Um, I believe that people are happiest when they're doing work that fulfills them. So something I always do at my company is when I hire someone, it's usually for like a primary skill, but then I give them like a secondary you know, job duty. And it's like, look, mm -hmm. look at the company, look at what we're, we're doing, like come up with a, a project that you're passionate about 
about and like let's learn this together let's go make this happen together and um, I actually have an employee at GSX and she wants to learn how to do um, marketing videos for the company you know nice. like right now the the um, revolution 60 broken trailer um, you know I made that and but the truth is like I can't clone myself at this point to get that much more work done so you know it's like if she wants so she's gonna go on Linda and she's gonna like pick some video editing skills and some sound editing skills and she's gonna learn that and she's gonna step up into a marketing role for your upcoming game cupcake that crisis is so cool. well i think it's i think it's really cool because you know i mean nothing against education but like higher education but sometimes it's just like sitting down and figuring out how to do it and what i love about linda is it gives you a project it's an achievable project and then it's like here you go here are the case files that you need just go mm -hmm. make it yourself and it just makes so much more sense to learn that way and as a company like i don't know if you've ever looked at how much it costs to send people to a class <laughs> like this but it's really expensive like it gets up to thousands of dollars really quickly so i don't know i'm um yeah i'm appreciative of them for sponsoring the show and giving us these codes and yeah i'm really excited to see what she does with uh you know her linda subscription oh gosh i can't wait that's i'm really excited for cupcake crisis in general it's but, gonna be yeah. a great game <laughs> game of the year Skills. christina Yay. do you know about cupcake crisis i don't oh my god <laughs> so okay look don't hate me i don't spend a lot of time thinking about children's games. I just don't. <laughs> like, I completely respect, like, having Same. kids and parents. It's just... I was going to say, I'm never having kids, so I'm I never don't having either. Kids but, either. Right. You and have me. We do, I, yeah, we we do, do have you. We, we do. do have you. God, We're going to take you to Disney thing. World. It's the same thing. We are. Worst. I will take you to Disney. That's a whole different show. You never show. loved me. a whole me. different show. Good. We're going to... Seriously, yeah. you guys, we need to take Simone to Disney World because she's never been. So we need to find a way as a community to make this happen. No, that sounds Please. great. That yes. sounds fantastic. Submit, Submit um, monies. No, but what I was going to say is, uh, is this game's coming out, and you know, um, Amanda has a three-year-old, and you know, she's noticed a lot of the games for her child. Which, by the way, kids are freaking obsessed with iPads. If you didn't know that, uh, <laughs> they're just not screens. very good. So she wanted to make her own. So we have a game coming out, yeah. and then they're going to learn how to make this game for children. It teaches young girls that can be engineers with Linda. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with Linda membership, you get unlimited access to hundreds and hundreds of topics. It's not just the video and audio editing that we were talking about. They have basically everything I've done, search after search. They have it all. Uh, you get that for a flat rate. And so if you're looking to hone your skills for a hobby or for industry expertise, or if you're just curious about learning something new, uh, you should definitely visit lynda.com slash rocket. Check it out. Sign up for a free 10-day trial. And um, again, L Y N D A dot com <laughs> slash rocket. I'm gonna be fired for singing on the podcast, but I, it just happened. Can you come in and like sing Cupcake Crisis when that game shows? I will can do, you do that. Every vocal in Cupcake Crisis. All right, fantastic. every single one. And Christina will do her impressions. <laughs> I will do my impressions. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on, and yeah, let's yep. talk about Ghostbusters. Yeah. So Sony announced recently that in addition to the female-led Ghostbusters that is coming out next year, there will be a Manbusters, a man-led version of Ghostbusters, which uh. um, <sighs> Channing Tatum is involved, and I love him. I adore I him, too. But oh, I love him. Oh, why is this he's happening? So good. Mm -hmm. Well, thing, we think I, it's happening. 
I mean, look, they, yes. they, 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 look, there's not a script committed. There's not a director committed. They're reaching out to people. So it's, it's, it's a deal to expand the franchise beyond what they're doing. Maybe it could go into non-canon works, go into other sorts of things, I guess, kind of treat this, you know, like a Marvel property or mm-hmm. something. So yeah. the idea is, I mean, Sony needs a hit. They, the studio is in major trouble. So yeah. in my hope is that this isn't just going to be kind of like a, oh, hey, here's the here's the boy version yeah. after we've kind of given you the girl version. But also in reality, just because this is a deal doesn't mean that it's actually happening. Christina, yeah. I was, the moment I heard these words, I go, I cannot wait for Rocket. And I hope Christina Warren will tell me I don't have to desperately fear this with well, the I words have, she just said. So, yeah. I guess... So what I've been hearing is that this is something yeah. that Dan Aykroyd has been wanting to do for a yeah. long time. It's long yes. been under discussion. I want to know, I, I'm kind of of both worlds on this. Does that make it better, in fact, that they decided to lead with the female-led Ghostbusters? Because no. I'm pretty sure, like, if we, if they were planning this for, you know, to do this long term and they had the female Ghostbusters be the second thing they announced, it would feel like an afterthought. So I'm glad at least that they're leading with it, even though I feel like they should be like, why not have them be the canon Ghostbusters? Will they be the central team of Ghostbusters in this new Ghostbusters franchise, or will they just be one of many, the girl version of whatever? And and, and and Tatum and bro friends. I mean, honestly, that probably has a lot to do with how well the female version does. Yeah. yeah quite frankly. Sure. So if, if that does really well at the box office, then that's probably going to become the primary franchise. But then it doesn't mean that they couldn't have a spinoff of some sorts. You know, at this point, this mm-hmm. is how Sony's looking at it, I think. They're seeing, we need a brand hit. We need a, we need our own franchise. You know, we're, we're basically, we're giving half of Spidey back to Marvel. You know, we don't really have <laughs> anything else going on. Um, so they need to franchise this stuff, and and so you know you kind of take the CSI formula if you, if, if to 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 use a a different media example where you know you have kind of Law and Order where you have your primary franchise and then you have kind of your spinoffs and and something like Ghostbusters there's not a reason to think that if the interest is there that they couldn't have multiple universes or multiple parts of it. Um, mm-hmm. My hope though would be especially with the fact that they already have a director, a script, and and um, you know some casting decisions that the female version would kind of be like the central part um but yeah. it, it all remains to be seen i mean i think they're trying to get look if you can get channing tatum even a, a, assigned to a first look deal for one of your <laughs> movies you're gonna do it right right yeah. um and but look i mean deals don't uh, to, to kind of you know bring you back from the ledge breed just because people <laughs> sign a deal doesn't mean the movie's gonna go through i mean True. there was there were script commitments for a number of movies in the last few years that have never happened. There was supposed to be All a roller coaster. the Sony leaks. <laughs> there were, no, not even that. There was supposed to be yeah. a roller coaster tycoon movie at one point. <gasps> oh my God. Oh lied. my God. You lied. Yeah, it you wasn't. Lied. Was it about you guys animated. taking me to Disney World? No, it wasn't even going to be animated. <laughs> That's the most screwed up thing. It was oh not even going to be animated. It was going to be a live action roller coaster <gasps> tycoon movie. Terrible idea. Why was that not made? I'm because... so disappointed. No one watched that. I mean, look. I mean, you know, look, remember Battleship? Need I remind oh you all? I mean, we all oh, love. Yes. We all, Rihanna we all was loved, pretty awesome in that. We all love Taylor Kitsch, yeah, but like yeah, Battleship, yeah, come on, come like. On. Uh, as much as we love him, that was a disaster. Both G.I. Joe movies basically kind of failed. And and mm-hmm. so um, just because there's a deal doesn't mean that it's going to go through. But I do feel like the announcement, what, what bothers me is that it feels like the announcement was made as a way to shut down all the MRA 
bro, you know, douchebags who were, you <laughs> yeah. know, bitching about women being in the Ghostbusters film. It's like, yep. can can you just let us have this? I know. Like, can we just this have this so for? Wild. Can we just have this for like six months, and then yeah. after our movie comes out and is awesome, then we can talk about your right. Exactly. Thing. But do we have to like take down the thunder about the fact that this amazing like you know Paul Feig film is gonna like? Yeah. Can we just have this? Can 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 I quote Sam Maggs on this because her Go article on this? By the way, Sam Maggs is awesome, and uh, you know, Rocket like insider tip. She was actually uh, she was going to be on the first episode of this, and then um, of our show, and then because her book came out, she was overcommitted on like oh, no. publication stuff. But we will have her on at some point. I love I Sam Maggs. Her. So yes. she said, and I thought this is so great, like writing the article about this. If our anger were a Twinkie. It would be 35 feet long, <laughs> weighing approximately 600 pounds. Yeah, I also love her. Um, like, she's talking about, like, how Channing Tatum gets cast, and then she just gets into this aside. She's like, how dare they use Channing Tatum for evil? <laughs> exactly. Like, yes. How dare yes, they use Channing Tatum you. for evil? How he was ours. He's a lovable fellow. He him. is a lovable fellow. And, like, he, and he's got a wife and a baby, and he's Magic Mike, oh. damn you. Like, oh. just leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah, you keep him out of this MRA garbage, okay? Exactly, yeah. and and because he's not one of those guys. He was in no, Step It not. Up and Step It Up too, right? <laughs> well, maybe maybe he'll put them in their place. Maybe he's gonna pull the rug out from under them. Maybe Channing Tatum will save feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't quote me on that, please. I I want to slap myself. Yeah, have just you been having reading my it. diary? Have you been reading my fanfic? Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, whose AO3 tags are these? Come oh my on. god! <laughs> <laughs> That's oh no. the title of this week's show. Whose <laughs> AO3 tags? <laughs> Channing Tatum's gonna save feminism. That's it. That's it. I can't oh. wait. I can't wait for Channing Tatum to to save us all. I, I can't. Him. I can't top that, guys. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So what are you doing this week, Bree? Uh, I am going to court tomorrow and getting a restraining order. <laughs> and then I'm going to Disney World. So uh, also I've got a, um, I'm going to Disney World. And by the way, you can go on a plane and come party on Space Mountain with us, Simone. Like, Christina, you can do it too. Uh, I'm hmm, going to be at I'll... Disney Quest. I'm going to be busting up at Epcot Center. I'm going to take my laptop and go sit at Epcot next week. And I'm going to work <gasps> on my book proposal while I'm sitting yes. at the Japanese Pavilion, picking Amazing. out on sushi. Nice. That is my mission next week. I will get them to airdrop me onto Space Mountain <laughs> while you are ascending. <laughs> And then I will, uh, I don't know. You'll just I'll be like grabbing the roller down. coaster as we're riding it. It's like, boom, yes. then Simone's on the front of it. <laughs> we, we heard Operation Dumbo Drop, Operation Simone Drop. Simone Drop. That's mm-hmm. it. Yep, that's, that's what's going to happen. So that's what I'm doing this week. Okay. No. <laughs> Christina, what are you doing this week? Um, so I'm uh, just uh, finishing up uh, more stuff, just kind of takedowns from the Apple event and um, analysis that way. And I'm making a super quick trip to South by Southwest because um, oh. I'm speaking on Tuesday. So that's next week. I'm speaking on Tuesday. I'm going to have just nice. a real quick trip to be in Austin very briefly. Um, probably not have a lot of time to even meet up with people too much. But um, that's basically that's basically my weekend weekend. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want to go to South by Southwest. I love Austin. Um, I am finishing up everything from PAX. I have a really adorable interview uh, with two of the participants of Girls Make Games oh, uh, who made the whole story. Yeah. yeah, And I'm, of course, fixing the audio on that, which is why my new access to lynda.com will be great. Um, <laughs> thank you, Linda. Thank you so much. So yeah, that's what I'm doing this week, just playing catch up. And um, then 
sleep, <laughs> sleep and writing and catch up on videos. Did you get Paxbox? I did not get Paxbox. I feel very lucky because I felt like I had to burn all of my clothes. I oh my god, there are so many people. Yeah. I like Prime is huge, but East felt bigger somehow. Oh, it is bigger. I think um, is it. I don't think it's bigger in um. Maybe terms it's of because attendees. it's all in one space. It feels yeah. bigger emotionally. Yeah. The weird thing about Prime is you're going from floor to floor in a hotel. So yeah. Yeah. Prime yeah. is vertical and yeah. East is very horizontal. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, I also forgot to mention I have a, a really big op-ed coming out um, in Daily Dot. Um, it will already be out by the time you read this. It's got some really cool insider information about the case that um i'm working with the fbi to prosecute so uh, i expect there to be a lot of chatter on the internet tomorrow about that turn off your phone turn off my phone (laughs) no (laughs) what 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 does that mean yeah oh just because the i mean chatter always means responses it it doesn't yeah yeah well I, it doesn't matter why I say it at this point. I'm used to blowback, yeah. so I don't burn it all yeah. down. We'll do it. We'll do it. Anyway, right. uh, that's very I guess cool. that's it. I guess that's cool. it. Uh, Brianna, where can we find you on the internet? Space cat gal, so that we can tweet at you about how much we love your article. That's you should up do tomorrow. that. You should. I could I use some balance with it. That would be appreciated. <laughs> And Christina, where can we find you? You can find me at uh, film underscore girl on the Twitters. And make sure that you tell at Space Cat Gal that she's amazing. If you're going to tweet at me, you have to tell, you have to give me a compliment. (laughs) That's very sweet. That's how it works. Equivalent exchange. And I am at Doom Quasar on Twitter. And um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Cool. See you guys next week. See you guys (laughs) next week. (laughs) So good. 